It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. Stephen, today we're talking about a mobile game that I yeah. played, I think, earlier in the year, and you played recently, and then I replayed recently. Can we redo all of this? I hate that. <laughs> what a, what? I feel like we just played like a, a conversational match of Super Smash Brothers and like we both <laughs> fell off. Okay. No, nothing says uh, why a game is great like when it was played by the person. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's start over. It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. Hot on the heels of last week, only talking about Super Smash Brothers. Today, we are going to be talking about a whole slew of games. Uh, is yeah, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of games this week. Uh, the first were you one, asking if "slew" is a word. I was going to ask if uh, "slew" was the past tense of coleslaw, which. <laughs> Is maybe the worst way to start this podcast, or the best, who knows? We went to New Jersey, the Garden State, last week, and every diner we slew one by one by one. No matter what we ordered, there was a bit of slaw on the side that we slew. I love I love receiving coleslaw at the diner because it's always like a, a stink bomb that just gets like dropped, and like nobody yes. ever touches it. Are you a coleslaw person? I am when there's love behind it. Mm, which there's not at a diner seldomly is there yeah uh so like if you if you're giving me let's be real diners if you're giving me mm -hmm. a like urine sample cup mm -hmm. of mayonnaise with like forgotten cabbage thrown in yeah like it wasn't even like you threw cabbage behind you and it landed into that cup <laughs> that's a nightmare that needs to be like burned and and with like holy fire yeah but if you're like actually putting effort into it if it's in a ceramic cup Whoa. sign me up I will have that. Yeah. Here's the deal too. I think like coleslaw should be a thing you actively order, not a thing you end up with. I that's agree with my, that. That's how I that's how I slew. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. That's how I've been slowing but, my whole life. Every time I <laughs> every time I, I slew in the past, uh, it was because I ordered it. I've been fighting every urge in my body to not go. You never slow it coming. Um, <laughs> well, I'm glad you I lost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Let's get started. So, uh, Brendan and I have both been playing or have played. We slew Florence. Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds, that sounds violent. We both played Florence. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a lovely mobile game. Yes. Which I was talking to Brendan earlier. I have rarely played mobile games, uh, despite being on a video game podcast. Um, I played Pokemon Go. I played like 
fruit ninja when i first got a smartphone mm-hmm. but i i didn't get a cell phone until like 2006 when i was 16 yeah and that cell phone had like an antenna and like uh, uh, you had to get friend codes to use it like it was the most <laughs> primitive thing those are called phone numbers um, steven <laughs> that's why no one gave me their numbers what's your friend code <laughs> what's your friend um, code what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> maxwell didn't give me his friend code what the fuck um <laughs> it's like uh <laughs> It's like that scene in Back to the Future when he when he plays Johnny B. Good. He's like, "Yeah, you guys you guys aren't into this, but your kids are gonna love it." That's like you with friend codes in two thousand six. <laughs> like, hey, what's your friend code? I don't know what you're talking about. You'll know. Yeah, <laughs> you'll get it eventually. Playing like Caterpillar on my phone. I used to have to like because I I did um like musicals and stuff in high school, and after practice, I would have to like call my parents to pick me up, and I had to borrow someone's cell phone. Wow, classic uh, move. So embarrassing. I, I like, do hey, feel like you, you borrowed my cell phone at some point in high school. <laughs> I, bar- I made a lot of friends through borrowing cell phones because it would be like an hour before I could get picked up. <laughs> so anyway, that's my cell phone history. So you can tell why I'm kind of not too big in a rush to get games on it because I'm still digesting using... Like I got a smartphone in 2012, so it's been a while. But yeah. like, it's still not a place, and I don't think I'm alone on this, it's still not a place that I like think about playing games on i kind of still have trouble separating that and and that's a shame that i want to overcome that because i know there's a lot of stuff i'm missing out on um thankfully i overcame that barrier with florence which is truly unlike i would probably guess 99 percent of mobile games yep. um, and 99 percent of video games while still retaining a lot of really core uh, a lot of really cool and core i combine them mm-hmm. unconsciously uh lessons from game design like what a game can accomplish as a medium of art yeah um so you know the background about this game a little bit more than i do if you want to just do that real quick before we talk about how we liked it which obviously we both did yeah definitely uh florence is a narrative game that exists on ios and android it was published by annapurna uh who you might know from movies uh they've made some spectacular ones or they've uh, published and distributed some fantastic ones over the years i i consider them like an a24 alike kind of uh art house kind of stuff uh, but they recently mm-hmm. got into game publishing First game they did, I think we just looked this up, was What Remains of Edith Finch. Right. And also Donut County, which came out this year. Yeah, Donut County, um, which a lot of people are talking about this year. And Florence recently. Um, oh, didn't you say they, they also did the the iOS port of Flower, the that game company? Game? Yeah, they did. Which is kind of... Um, Flower is on par with some of the games we're going to talk about later. Um, mm, yeah, true. But that's another... I would, I would... If you are in the Games Are Art camp... I can't recommend Flower or their later game Journey enough. Which yeah. Journey, I think, had a bigger impact, but yeah. they're both wonderful. Without getting too far down the rabbit hole, that game company is also working on an iOS exclusive game called Sky uh, that's mm. coming out, I think, early next year, which looks lovely. Um, from what I've heard from people who've played the beta of it, it's essentially Journey in the Sky with a more multiplayer focus, which is interesting considering yeah, what Journey is. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, I wonder, it's it's interesting to me to see that I feel like the indie game market is finding a place on mobile and definitely on Switch, and obviously it had already found one on PC, mm-hmm. but I guess that is probably because they're not beholden to a system's, like, brand or, like, you know, a system's, like, control over what is exclusive and whatnot. Yeah, um, I also think there's, like, there are so many interesting interactions that can exist on mobile that can't exist on other uh, consoles and other devices at the moment, like... 
the ability to touch and tap and swipe and hold and do all of these like interesting things and like use the camera and AR and it's just like unlocking creativity in an interesting way at the moment. Um, it's but, like coleslaw. If you put love behind it, it works. Exactly. Exactly. And if you don't but put love behind it, then it's like filled with microtransactions and is clash of clans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that truly is the coleslaw. of video games. <laughs> um, Anyway. Yeah. So, um, Unlike you, I spend a lot of time playing mobile games um, because I am extreme. I f- like most of the people I follow on Twitter are like indie mobile game developers um, just because I'm like fascinated in what people are doing on mobile at the moment. Um, cool. G- God, that sounds like a like a shitty Silicon Valley VC thing to say. But anyway, don't don't mock your love for stuff. Yeah, true. Yes. Right. Yeah, I do the same thing. I hear it on this podcast. I always say something genuine, and then I go, "Ugh!" Um, so <laughs> we should both try to move past that. Um, but yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so so I I play a lot, a lot of mobile games, variations on like solitaire and and just like people kind of inventing new and interesting ways to like either revitalize old classics or or make new things entirely. And uh, Florence came out, and as someone who is like deeply entrenched in that scene. Uh, at least on the outset, kind of, um, I was immediately like, I have to play this. Like, I, as soon as I saw a, a GIF of it, I was like, I need to need to play this. Um, and played it, I think, in February or March, whenever it came out. I I was I was blown away. I played it all in one sitting. Um, I, that's my recommendation. Before we even get into what this is, like, we're, we'll probably talk a little bit about story. Um, I, I don't think we'll spoil anything, but like, it is no. an extremely narrative focused game, and the story takes maybe 40 minutes total would you say yeah it took me i played it in one sitting pretty comfortably like yeah it it takes the amount of time it does like when you get home from work and you haven't started whatever your next thing is yes like that's the perfect time to play this game yeah i played it on my train i replayed it last week on my train ride home yeah it's a good it's also very aesthetically and we'll get into the aesthetics of it but like it's a beautiful looking game and the music is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So let's get into it. Yeah, so totally. I really, really loved it. And I think I, I've mentioned this book before, but I couldn't stop thinking about Scott McCloud's understanding comics. Mm, um, yeah. I always, I think about this a lot in that, in that book, I mentioned it in a very early episode. So if you're like, what are you talking about? I never heard you mention this. Um, it's a comic. That's a, it's basically like a lit theory book about comics. Um, it's a really good read. And at one point he makes like the, I think it's called like the picture pyramid, but basically it's like all artistic expression on a varying, varying degrees scale of a pyramid. So in one and the top and the, in the bottom right corner of the pyramid is the plane of ideas and the bottom left corner is the plane of like nature and reality. Mm. And then uh, the very top peak is the the plane of of the abstract so what that means in our artistic style is if you were to do if you were to go to the very bottom left that's where you get like your impressionism and like painters who seek to emulate reality yeah um even though it's not a photo it's them emulating or drawing inspiration from real life if you were to go to the bottom right you would get like tin tin or peanuts where it's mm-hmm. sort of a characterization or an interpretation of something that's real mm-hmm. um and then if you were to go to the very top that's where you get the kind of like cubist and surrealist like, yeah uh sur- surrealist but also like minimalist kind of like 
how do you represent something at its most abstract or basic form? Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess um, surrealist would be like the halfway point between. So that, exactly. that, that's the idea, right? Is that every yeah, and he style has, of art falls somewhere in he has that examples matrix. all over. Yeah. So yeah. so <clears throat> interestingly enough, I would place the art style of the actual characters somewhere somewhere right of center where like we're kind of in yeah um like a like a a more like i don't want to say doug funny but we're in like a more like aesthetically pleasing doug funny yeah it is weirdly doug adjacent now that i'm thinking about (laughs) it it's interesting yeah it's very beautiful it reminds me of um of a lot of comic book artists i like but you know very minimal very minimal but like clearly a very strong understanding of 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 form and of craft the game design i would say is very abstract because it's sort of like how do you reduce a game to its most core elements and kind of show how effective that can be Mm -hmm. uh, especially within a narrative so to get into it the game is about a young woman named florence who uh, you basically play through her daily life so it's a lot of her like scrolling through her phone you can like or retweet stuff while you're on the train. Yeah, it's I only retweet the dogs. Teeth. Me too. I do the same exact thing. Um, and there's very uh, appropriate like orchestral music playing alongside. Mm-hmm. Um, the story that plays out is largely like sort of the the anxiety of of a young twenty something person uh, working an unfulfilling job, um, having perhaps artistic pursuits that are that are not getting enough attention. And and then uh, ending up in a relationship that plays out in a certain way, which I won't get into. Right. But I think it does a really great job of using very familiar elements, um, but telling them in a way that is extremely immersive as a game. Yeah. And also using absolutely zero dialogue and still telling a very effective story that I definitely teared up towards the end. Yeah. I, will, I will be the first to admit the only dialogue. I think, I, I think that's worth mentioning. The only dialogue you see in the whole game is uh, when Florence's mom calls her and your only responses are like, mom, I'm fine. Mom, please. I'm okay. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> please. Yeah. I'm, I don't, you don't need to find me a boyfriend. Mom, I'm fine. <laughs> and like, you just ca- like say the same exact things over and over again. Cause she's worrying. The other you. thing too. And there is like, so there's a scene I, I will, I will point this out. It's not really a spoiler, but the romantic interest uh krish i believe his name is mm-hmm. a very charming uh young musician um, i like when you meet him and you're kind of floating in the music notes yeah um, that's beautiful but uh you kind of meet up at a cafe for the first time and the dialogue is made into a game so yes they're like puzzle pieces that fill up a speech bubble yeah not and actual be- dialogue it's worth mentioning that the dialogue is represented <clears throat> by these puzzle pieces that are just solid colors there's no actual words happening and and that's what i mean when i talk about the abstract plan yeah. where it's like we're we're literally just showing like they are talking yes but what's brilliant is that in the beginning so your dialogue are like um like red speech bubbles and his are i think blue or whatever mm-hmm. um but in the beginning, there's like maybe four or five pieces in each thing. Yeah. And then as the day is going better and better, it gets easier and easier. The yeah. conversation's flowing faster and faster. Until you get to um, a point where you're just dragging the entire speech bubble at once and it's not yeah, a puzzle anymore. Which exactly. It, it's brilliant. It's lit- it's like actually, I just remember the first time I, I realized what was happening my, on my first playthrough. I was just like, this is, this is fucking genius. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I think, that's what I mean about the abstract design and, and minimal not to say like it's not there's not a lot of thought behind it because there clearly is because they're using these very simple puzzles to tell a story. Yeah. Extremely Um, thoughtful minimalism. Like yeah, as thoughtful as you can get. 
Yeah, and that, and that's the thing because when you have a game that's reduced to these very uh, minimal elements, they have more power behind them too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought that that puzzle and that puzzle mechanic is recurring throughout different conversations and is used brilliantly, brilliantly each time. Um, yeah. Same with like uh, uncovering photographs or like moving in and and mm-hmm. choosing what stuff is like on the shelves. Um, I really loved it. This is honestly. Uh, it definitely made me want to invest more of my time and energy into the mobile scene. Um, I definitely follow the developers, uh, uh, the studio. I think it's Australian studio called Mountains. Mountains yeah. Um, really, really cool work. <clears throat> and yeah, it just it just uh, it just shows you that like I love a 100 gig, a million hour open world story as much as anyone else. But yeah. you can also use a game that tells a really effective story in 40 minutes. That's like eight puzzles. Yeah. And that's not to say one is better than the other, but I think it's, it's really nice to see this done so well. Yeah. Um, and to show that games are not just like, I mean, it's the same thing with movies. Like not every, like I love a good summer blockbuster, but I also want, something else yeah um, absolutely and, and this game is a really if you're kind of sick of the triple a uh you know big budget game um that could kind of easily blend together at a certain time i mean i have to say i think that we're in a really interesting time even for triple a games i think there's a lot of creative stuff happening there as well yeah i just think that it's a cool it's it's a nice it's a nice counter to that to play a game like this mm-hmm. that's on my phone that i never would have played unless i unless i heard heard about it and um i'm so glad i did yeah yeah it's worth mentioning um i basically uh forced this game upon steven because we're getting (laughs) towards game of the year discussions and i was just straight up like we can't have that talk unless you have played florence and Um, and god of war those are the two and god of war god of war (laughs) which cannot be (laughs) talk about the the pyramid plane of genre of god of war and florence i don't know they're basically Um, the same they they both have the same dialogue mechanics they both make you brush your teeth first thing in the morning you have to match numbers on an excel spreadsheet they're like the same game yeah i only read sweet uh odin's pictures yeah Um, odin's birds (laughs) (laughs) uh god of we'll actually probably talk about god of war later I'm, i'm really loving that too but yeah florence is wonderful i i recommend it to absolutely everyone it's like two dollars yeah um and 40 minutes of your time that's the other thing too like games at a certain point are a pretty big investment of time and money yeah like more than than a lot of other mediums so yeah it's nice to see what video games are capable of in a very like attainable product yeah that's my biggest problem that i'm having right now with with just video games in general is that every single game that i buy is like a 40 to 50 to more hour investment having something like florence that's so short and sweet and like knows exactly how long it needs to be like that yeah that, that time was uh very well thought out um i think is it's important to have um that break but i also think it's worth mentioning like i don't know if if mountains the developer is going to make another game like this i really hope they do because i love 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 florence i think it's it's i mean it's one of my favorite games i played this year but i think that there are better stories that can be told with these mechanics like i'm excited to see what comes next because if this is like their first attempt at doing this whatever they have like coming down the pipeline, I think is going to be spectacular. Like I, I'm I, really excited. 
I totally agree. And I think that's probably the one divisive thing I could see about Florence is like <clears throat> the story, while very heartfelt and vulnerable, yes. is like very familiar. Yeah. Like I think if this was a movie, we probably wouldn't be talking about it. I agree. It's like, yeah. you know, like it's okay. Like, and I, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a uh, supporter of the idea of like, oh, this has been done before because it's all about execution. Yes. So in this case, this very familiar story works really well because it's, it's being told in a way that I haven't seen told before. Yeah. Um, right. So it's, it, it it's speaks almost volumes more... about the brilliance of, of the game mechanically, visually, and, and sonically. Like it is, it is brilliantly executed as you said. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree. I, I would love to see, and this is not to discredit Florence because obviously we both really love it, but I think you could probably tell a more out there story with these mechanics now that we know it works. Yeah, um, definitely. So but this is definitely a good because I think like as we're getting on, you know, as we're discussing it, it's more about how the story is told versus what the story is. Yeah, um, definitely. So. Um, but again, but it's really incredibly, relatable. Yeah, incredibly effective. Yeah, super relatable. I was 25 when I played it. The main character, Florence, is 25 in the game. Um, yeah, it, it's a game about starting a relationship. I was literally starting a relationship when I played it. It was all like a lot for me to handle the first time I played it. Um, I, I loved it. I, I, it's spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. Highly recommended. Florence, available for iOS and Android. A good video game. Play it. Absolutely. Wear headphones while you're playing it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Wear headphones. Use the money that you didn't spend on Florence to invest in really nice headphones. Yes. Um, also, interestingly, I, I was playing it on the train and they do some wonderful stuff with hard panning some sounds to the left or right channel in your mm. headphones, uh, which caused me to constantly look to my left because I thought that there was some t- uh, somebody talking to me, which was hilarious. <laughs> What's your play in? Uh, it's a game. It's a, it's a it's a video game. It's called Florence. Did you win? You don't really win. It's like a moment of someone's <laughs> life. Um, <laughs> what's the highest score? I don't know. Like just following your dreams. Yeah. Leave me alone, please. <laughs> I think it's love. I think love is the high score. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Let's take a break. Goodbye. See ya. Hey, we're back. Uh, Brendan, I played another game that I really liked that I'd love to talk to you about. <laughs> yes, I, I am currently in I am not buying video games mode because I have too many that I need to play. And as we were just talking about with Florence, it, it's nice to have short and sweet games. But at the moment, I just have so many long games that I've already purchased and I'm not buying anymore. But I have a feeling that after this conversation, <laughs> I'm going to break that promise to myself. We're both good at convincing the other to spend more money than we plan to. It's not to. good. Uh, it's, this podcast I think is we bad should, for our we should, we should quit this podcast and become Hollow Knight salesmen. Because the <laughs> amount of friends I've had who have been like, I got Hollow Knight because of you. I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, buy Hollow Knight. It's great. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, so I picked up a game for the Switch. It's also on PC and Mac, I believe, called, mm-hmm. uh, I believe it's pronounced Grease. Um, it is Spanish for the color gray. Um, it's, I think it's also French, but I, I'm not sure about that. I know the developers, uh, Nomada Studio, are from Spain. Um, this game, I literally heard nothing about. I saw uh, the trailer or screenshots on Twitter and immediately got it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... Like without using hyperbole, I think I think in in game discussion, hyperbole is often used of like this game is the worst thing ever or like it's the yeah. best thing. Ever. You know, this is one of the most beautiful games I've ever played in my life. Like visually. Yeah, it is gorgeous. Um, a lot of watercolors talk about uh, the 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 plane of ideas from understanding comics. This game is very minimal, even though it's very like colorful and, mm-hmm. and 
there's a huge amount of spectacle. Um, it's it's very focused around like shapes and silhouettes and and colors. And yeah. I'll get into that as I talk about the game. So the most direct comparison I can make, we talked about this earlier, is Journey. I yes. think it's very Journey adjacent. Also, no dialogue. The game begins with a young woman uh, singing, and then she kind of loses her voice, and this statue of another young woman kind of crumbles, and uh, she's sent into this kind of monochromatic, abstract, surreal plane, where like the only pieces are like floating rocks and weird kind of plants. Mm-hmm. Um, and the music accompanies everything brilliantly. It's a, it's a beautiful score. Um, the first color, so the game begins and you unlock, you basically unlock colors again. And all the levels, if you want to call them that, are based around colors. So um, one of the first, or the first level you get is red. Um, and the first area you're in is like a very anxiety-inducing, harsh red desert. Um, where like, almost... Uh, akin to Mad Max Fury Road, there are like these dark red sandstorms that pop up that blow you back. So like you're trying to walk through these sandstorms, and this this burst of wind pushes you back, and you don't really have anything to deal with it. Yeah. And the first power you unlock is turning into a square. Um, the player character actually does look a lot like the character in Journey. It's it reminds me of like um fashion concept art where like very kind of long like uh. Um, long silhouettes and the kind of pointy legs. Yeah, actually, not unlike Hornet in in um in Hollow Knight. Yeah, Hollow Knight definitely by Hollow Knight today. <laughs> TMTM, <laughs> TMTM. So, and your your color of your hair and the color of your dress changes depending on the level. So, the first power you unlock is turning into a big square. Yeah, uh, which again, like you know, if there if there are three basic shapes in design, it's triangles squares and circles square induces the feeling of like stability mm-hmm. um so it's sort of like uh, a metroidvania game in the sense of uh, not in the sense of like the uh level design but in the sense of like slowly acquiring powers to do things you couldn't so originally you'll see kind of like broken ground areas and the wind that keeps pushing you back when you turn into a square you can crush those areas and also walk through the wind Mm. Um, which is a really cool first area because it's like okay i'm like building up the strength to deal with like whatever's happening to me yeah Um, the plot's very loose it's very up for interpretation but the direction is very uh on point because you're feeling whatever the game wants you to feel yeah uh so and what i really loved is that red's the first level and it really does explore all the potential of each color so the first area in the red level if you want to call it that is this harsh desert later you kind of get these very um like still but like harsh settings of a kind of a warm glow and then later you almost get like a tranquil feeling of like a warm sunset Mm. and like maybe even the kind of cleansing aspect of like fire in general yeah um and then the next color you get is green uh, you get to much like Hollow Knight. The second area is Green Path by mm-hmm. Hollow Knight today. Uh, <laughs> but you go into these woods, and then suddenly you're also getting red, and and red is the complement to green. Yeah, I was about suddenly, to ask if if it's giving you both colors simultaneously, or if you're just jumping yeah. from one to the next. So then That's you're cool. in this beautiful forest, and the red like pops against, it and it's like, okay. oh, you're using you're using not only the abilities you acquired, but you're also using the palette you're acquiring to make the setting yeah. more beautiful. 
it's it's gorgeous and then you get uh blue um which is like there's some really cool underwater areas where you kind of become like a manta ray shape cool um and also it explores the kind of somberness of blue with like it raining and and it'd be kind of gloomy and then you also get like the sort of uh the peaceful aspects of like a very majestic ice area yeah um so again really familiar stuff but it's executed in a way that i haven't seen before again i think i was getting pretty strong journey vibes the whole time Mm -hmm. i think this game also does indirectly explore uh mental health in the sense of of kind of conquering your own demons yeah conquering conquering in the sense of not uh defeating but but using yourself to kind of get back into one piece literally yeah i Um, I was about to ask if if so you mentioned at the beginning it it seems like the the metaphor is that the the large crumbling statue of the girl is the same person that you are playing as potentially yeah you can interpret it that way i mean i think uh i think they definitely seem to share like a connection there's a lot of yeah i won't spoil it but there's a lot of scenes that you know that complement that idea Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's also like what i like about it too is that it's up for interpretation in the sense of like whatever you're feeling at the moment you're playing it, it may mean more. It, it may mean that to you. Yeah. Um, I think, I think the feeling I kept getting was just like, you know, in the most majestic way possible self care, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, and, um, like as much as you help yourself, you're also kind of hurting yourself. I mean, I always think about uh, persona four with this kind of stuff mm. where like very literally you're fighting like a shadow version of the characters. Yeah. But even that game, like I love the idea that um, it's not about, it's not about curing yourself or, or beating that side of yourself. It's about acknowledging it and almost, and almost relishing it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and persona four, whenever they encounter their other selves, they once they kind of acknowledge that that is part of them then that becomes their superpower in a way right which i think is like i cannot that makes me cry every single time (laughs) i love that yeah um same thing with celeste where her her kind of like negative side also needs to be acknowledged and needs to be taken care of because i think that's that's a huge i I think that's a huge problem not to get too into this but like a, a huge problem in 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 our culture is like uh, that we're not allowed to show emotion or that showing emotion is bad, especially yeah. anger or sadness. Um, and oftentimes that goes repressed and it's like, you, you have to feel that you have to acknowledge that this part of you that feels angry or sad. And it's not about suppressing that or defeating that. It's about naming it and, 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 and accepting it. Um, which I think this, this game does, I got that vibe without them saying a word. Um, yeah. and, and again, just like stunningly beautiful visuals. I think that this is definitely, if you force me to play Florence, I think you have to play this. If we're discussing <laughs> our favorite games of the year, I almost feel bad that this game came out literally like a day after the game awards, because like this would totally win some stuff. I, I have to play it. <laughs> yeah. Play it today, it's really good. It's also pretty short. I mean, it's a little bit longer than, well, it's definitely longer than Florence. I would say it took me like three or four hours to beat. Oh, wow. But I actually didn't expect it to be that long. That's interesting. That's the thing. I was fully expecting a like beautiful move right game where like, <laughs> you just like, no, I know exactly I like, okay, what you mean. Yes. Is this going to be a game where I just like move in one direction and see beautiful stuff? And I would have been happy with that. I was actually impressed by the really strong game design. Like there's a lot of visual cues of like what, you can do and what obstacles are in your way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there are some points where you have to uh it is largely linear and then there's a point where like you might see an area you can't progress until you've collected a number of these like glowing dots that become constellations you can walk on mm, um interesting so that's where it gets a little metroidvania y, and that's where um some of the puzzles actually gave me some pause some platforming and some puzzles i definitely think that i was thinking about while playing florence and this uh night in the woods because that's another game i really love that yeah. is largely story and aesthetics um but I think Night in the Woods is like the gameplay kind of remains like in a completely separate area. Whereas I think Greece more successfully has gameplay like become part of the story. Yeah. Um, so even though it's not like I could see somebody playing Greece and maybe wanting a bit more of of the gameplay, but I again I enjoyed it. Like I don't need every game to be a hundred hour Dark Soul game. Like <laughs> I love a game that has that the direction is 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 strong and the design aids the direction like they clearly wanted to make a game that played this way yeah and there's enough puzzles that you feel like you're actually playing a game and the puzzles like aid the story and and the ambiance yeah um it's beautiful i i also teared up at the end um mm. I cry at everything though. I cry when like a thing just wraps up. I'm like, oh, that was good. Um, <laughs> I love the office. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Frazier really killed it this season. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that we're in a place where, I mean, not that we weren't in this place, but like, I'm glad we're in a place where games can ask these kinds of questions and, and tackle these kinds of themes. And not only that, cause like that's been happening for a long time, but what I'm seeing more and more of recently is like the general gaming public being extremely receptive to that and like wanting yeah. more of it. And I think that that's, yeah. that's awesome that like, not only are games continuing to explore these kinds of uh, thematic arcs, both in narrative and in gameplay, but that people want it because I, I, I think like hand this game, I, I haven't played it, you know, but hand this game to a kid in high school and like that could be like a life changing thing, you know, to yeah. to ask those kinds of questions of yourself when you're that age. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I it's I have to play it now. So you did it. <laughs> Extremely <laughs> well said <laughs> the whole time. So. Yeah, I, I'd recommend this game to anybody. Uh, and I think it's also like I, I think right now it's like it's like cool to make your game very difficult. And like I love a challenge. I really do. Um, but I also like a game that like I can just experience and it's not like okay i have to i have to really invest like i have to like get good to Mm -hmm. not to cite that meme but like and and there's a time for that too like i love the 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 catharsis of beating a boss in bloodborne or dark souls is amazing yeah i just feel like it got to a point where a lot of games uh including hollow knight by now we're kind of like following that that idea and that design which is awesome yeah but i don't i don't need every game to be that right i mean that that that's like that's just a testament to like game design fundamentals you know like are yeah. you making this game hard because it aids the story or it aids the journey of the character or are you doing it just because like that's what other people do um and that's why i actually i mean i'll talk more about celeste next week but um spoilers but uh celeste i think is a game about living with anxiety which which i very strongly resonated with mm-hmm. i mean a lot of people have talked about how much celeste has kind of helped them and, and and i think as as 
as direct as the metaphors are in that game. Like there, there, there are a couple lines in that game that I actually took a picture of. Cause I'm like, that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. That is a line where Madeline is like, I keep worrying about stuff that like from the past that I know doesn't matter, but I can't stop worrying about it or something like that. Mm-hmm. And in that game, the difficulty is there because it's a very intuitive game. It teaches you everything you need to know, Yeah, but it's like, it's about kind of overcoming that. Yeah. Um, and again, using, using your, anxiety almost as a superpower yeah. like acknowledging that it's there and being like this is part of me and i'm going to use my whole self to do this mm-hmm. uh ah uh, can't get enough yeah we'll, we'll talk um, about celeste a lot next week yeah although if, if it i i will say that like celeste is a game that i would also recommend to everybody i do think the difficulty is a bit of a barrier but there are levers you can you can put up to make it easier yeah. if you just want to experience there the story, are which, an extreme yeah. amount of accessibility options in that game that will allow you to uh, at the same time if you if you are like a get good person you can also play the c level uh like you know mm-hmm. instant uh the the very very difficult path so yeah. But yeah we could talk about that more next week but i i, did, I thought that that i've read some people talk about how like this year beginning with celeste and ending with greece is kind of like interesting because they both are kind of similar games that very visually tell a story about struggling with mental health yeah. and kind of reach similar endpoints. Um, yeah. So beautiful stuff. I'm into it. Yeah. What this is uh, a little, a little bit off topic, but I, one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot recently and just I, for like a year or two is like, so we have games covering or, or tackling these kinds of themes that I think is amazing. Don't get me wrong. Um, and, and creating vibes that, that allow you to kind of like sink into it and then, and then question it in yourself. And I think that's awesome. What I am curious about, what, what I hope is the next step for, for games, um, tackling those kinds of themes is not having any kind of narrative whatsoever. Like I, I see this occasionally on games on like itch.io and, and things like not like fully fledged, like Nintendo switch titles, but games that literally exist to evoke a vibe that have no score, no narrative, no nothing that like you literally just sit there and you play it and, and it's just to experience a feeling. And that's about it. Um, the best example I can give, and I, I think I can talk about this because it's definitely not happening, but like one of my, uh, friends pitched a game once that I, I think was like incredible where it was literally just uh, a game where you were behind the wheel of a car and it was nighttime and it had like the classic like anime night trails or, or, or light trails of like other cars on the highway. Uh, and yeah. it hooked up to your Spotify account and you could just oh. and you could just play music and it would randomly generate a highway for you. And it was just a game about driving around at night. Um, and that was the whole thing was just like God, you just drove around. And I was like, that's I think to me, that is like the future of what I want out of out of games, like games as emotions. You know, like just just like let me live in that yeah. place for a bit. It's no. weird. Like that's how I played Minecraft. I think when Minecraft first came out, that's why that game resonated with me so much was because like sure. it I, it was just like wandering around this place within within a, a lovely ambient music score um, and just just exploring and just being there, I think, was powerful in itself, even if that game was at the time. This was like alpha. This was like Minecraft alpha. But like. At the time, there was absolutely nothing by way of of story or or uh, narrative or even like 
I don't even think Notch, that fucking guy, was like trying to do really anything by way of um, even making people decide how to play that game. Like he just wanted to make a sandbox. And I think in doing so accidentally created like something that evoked whatever emotion you wanted to bring to the table at that moment. Yeah. And and that's what I would like to see more of, I think, in the future. And I hope we can get some more of that. It almost sounds like that's kind of the direction No Man's Sky maybe should have gone in. I think that they kind of like did that. Or at least I feel like when we were talking about that game a few weeks ago, you talked about it in that way yep. of like you just like being on a spaceship and like exploring planets. Yeah. We don't need like objectives or level ups or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. And that's the thing that that game, I think, in trying to update itself, not to say that it's bad, because I think No Man's Sky is at a really good place right now. Yeah. But that game continuing to add more and more like factions to level up and and resources to mine and craft into new things like that is absolutely not what I want from that game. But that and that boils down to direction. Like, what is the direction of the game and how does it achieve that? Yeah. Because, you know, if you want to make a game that that is because like there's nothing wrong with having more factions or more things to mind. But like, well, what is what was the game going for? Yeah. And is are those updates aiding the direction or are they like to like uh, appease people that want a different thing that was different from the direction? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. I'm just kind of saying that that's the thing some people want that from that game that's that's the thing like some people like the space combat some people like the trading and crafting and stuff some people like base building you know i just like seeing new things and that's yeah if there's any problem i could kind of like depict in some triple a games it is that idea of trying to do a million things at once yeah and like that's that's what i really felt strongly about with fallout 4 which is a game that i enjoyed but like Mm -hmm. it felt like I feel like some of the team wanted to make a Mass Effect game. Some of them wanted to make a Minecraft game. Yeah. Some of them wanted to make Borderlands. And then you end up with like a bunch of half-baked ideas. That's really enjoyable. Yeah. But it's also like of all the Bethesda games I played, that was the one where I reached like a 40 hour mark. And I was like, oh, wait, like, I feel like I I still feel like I haven't achieved anything. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And that sense of achievement doesn't need to be I get pinged like you are now the platinum gamer. Uh, You know, like (laughs) it can just be a feeling like he just said. Um, Going back to your point of the game, your friend pitched that was uh, hooked to Spotify of driving at night. Yeah. This is a bit silly, but I honestly do think there is a market now for like lo-fi chill hop study uh, beats to study and chill to being interactive. Yeah, like, I think so too. This, like playing as the raccoon studying in his room to like. Uh-huh. <laughs> like the, um, I just like I think that I don't know what that means or what it would be, but I think that that could exist. Yeah, I think your friend is onto something there. I yeah. That that is the kind of game that I want to exist, um, and I've I've wanted for a very long. I remember, I I don't know why I'm talking about Minecraft so much. It's weird because I haven't thought about that game in forever. But I, I always 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 remember, or will always remember, the first moment that I played that game for the first time. I was at art school. It was like my first like month at art school, and my roommate was a game design major. Um, oh, cool! And I just remember he was like, "Dude, you have to see this thing." You have to see like he just found it and immediately like opened it up and played it for like three minutes and was like you have to see this and then i also bought it um and we play i think i skipped all my classes the next day like we like we just sat we didn't even play <laughs> multiplayer we just sat next to each other and played it and i just remember like i asked him hey what, what what have you been doing and he was like oh i built this like beautiful 
uh like treehouse thing he was like what have you been doing i was like i just walked straight for like eight hours <laughs> you know what? i always like digging in that game i love digging yeah like i was i was like my house was like a very modest log cabin uh by the lake that had like a very deep underground like you could just go straight into the underground from the i also haven't played that game probably since like 2011 yeah um but I enjoyed it greatly. Well, it's beautiful is that like it it is almost the same as um like a Harry Potter or maybe like a Twilight where the protagonist is is kind of a blank slate so you can kind of impart whatever you want onto it and you can kind of like see a little bit of a reflection of yourself because there's so little happening there. Not not to say that those characters are bad, but like those characters are purposely kind of flat. Uh, so you can bring yourself to the table and put yourself in that it's story. It's sort of like the, the silent protagonist trope in games. Exactly. You know? And I, yeah. I think Minecraft having nothing at all means that you have to bring whatever you want to it uh, and it becomes whatever you want. But yeah, I, I just I think that that game um, was brilliant, even if uh, the people or the guy that made it is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is really the... The, the dark cloud that hangs over that game success. Greece available um, for multiple platforms. <laughs> yeah, Switch, Mac, and PC. I can't recommend it enough. I think it's beautiful. I'm going to play it um, today. Yeah, I'm glad. Let me know how you like it. I'm down to talk about it again, too, if you wanted to do a, a spoiler one. Although, I think I don't even want to do spoilers for this one because, like Florence, it's a game that you should just kind of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and like if I told you what happened, you'd be like, that means nothing to me because I don't, like... I'm not seeing and, and feeling it. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, spoiler, manta ray transformation. Shit. Uh, well. <laughs> anyway, let's take a break. Yeah. And talk about God of War. <laughs> 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 the harshest left turn of all the left turns we've taken on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Although, honestly, we'll get into it. But I do think that there are some thematic connections we can make specifically about like AAA design versus evoking emotions yes. and i think those two terms alone we'll get into that when we talk about god of war um but yeah, let's take a break and we'll be right back goodbye goodbye hey everyone this is uh this is an unconventional break but i i wanted to recommend a game real quick uh talking about mobile games and and my love of like extremely streamlined uh game design on mobile there is a game that came out recently that I am over the moon about. To give some context, um, I am always on the hunt for like the perfect subway game because I spend a lot of my commute not having any cell service. So any game that has mm. to connect to the internet at any point is basically like a non-starter for me, uh, which sucks. Hey, Nintendo, don't make me sign onto the internet to play Pocket Camp. That is the opposite of the vibe that Pocket Camp should evoke. Send the mayor, send the mayor of the city and your friend code so you can play in the subway. Yeah, I, I hate that I have to connect to the internet to Call play Animal yeah anyway so up until now the game that i have been playing non-stop for three years on the subway is a game called uh domino drop i have played just opening the game right now 1631 rounds of this game um wow. over the years rounds it is basically tetris but with dominoes um i am obsessed with it i Yes, it's extremely good. But I think I found a replacement finally. Not that I was looking to okay. replace it, but I, I think that I found a game um, that is on the same level for me and that I am equally enamored with. And it's called Twinfold by a guy named Kenny Sun. It's available already on Android and iOS. I thought it was I, iOS only, but I just checked it. And it's also on Android, which is awesome. Hooray! Um, Kenny Sun has developed a bunch of games. Um, some, I think the one that people know, let me just open it up real quick. 
Uh, yeah, it's called uh, Yankees Triangle. Uh, came out a couple of years ago. An extremely abstract game where you're twisting triangles around and it gets like very, very out there and like all the triangles <laughs> grow eyes and like keep blinking at you. It's very strange. Um, oh, I like that. But, Sign me up. But anyway, Twinfold weirdly is is this game that is like a blend of five or six different kinds of games that I love. It It is. Have you played threes? Do you know what threes is? No. Or 2048? Do you know 2048? I don't. Okay, so uh, 2048 is a shitty clone of a game called Threes, which is lovely. Um, it, it's a <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad that whenever I hear the phrase shitty clone, I think of Cloud Strife's anxiety. I thought you were going to anyway. say like Roy <laughs> or like <laughs> <laughs> or Crom. Oh, yeah, we've been. I, I listened to the last episode. We dunk on Crom pretty hard. I, I feel I I take it back. I've been I playing like Crom. as Crom a little bit. <laughs> of course, you. Crom's not too bad. No, he's he's great. Yeah, he's just like Ike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, so it is hard. Threes is a game. I, w- I won't get super into it, um, but it's a game where you have a grid. The grid is filled with cards and each of those cards or I guess tiles have numbers on them. And you basically just have to like slide the numbers back and forth to meet each other. Um, and, and you can't. Uh, you can't slide one number into another unless it is the same number. And when you do that, so like if you mm. if you slide a three and a three, it'll become a six. And then you have to slide a six and a six together to make a 12. And you just continue to do that until you get as high as you possibly can. And that's your high score. That is that game. And it is lovely. Uh, Twinfold is basically a blend of that. And have you ever played those games where you have to uh, slide a specific color block around and through other color blocks like an exit point so like yeah yeah uh, a classic interpretation of this back in the day was like uh you had to move a truck out of a parking lot and there were a bunch of cars and whenever you slid your finger any specific way it would move all of the cars and the truck simultaneously with like Mm -hmm. different barriers so twinfold is basically a blend of threes and that kind of game where you have these numbers that you have to Uh, slide into one another these like tiled numbers but you also have different styles of enemies that pop up that will chase you around so you are a character in in that grid along with the numbers that you have to slide around being chased by enemies a la pac-man so every single time you move the enemies move in whatever direction you're moving in as well and they will chase you down or they'll chase down your numbers and try and eat the numbers uh that that you're trying to blend together um, and the game is, is first of all, beautiful aesthetically, has just like the funniest sound design I've ever heard in my life, because every single time you match two numbers together, it makes the Inception Boom noise. Um, all, all of the tiles have faces on them and, and the, oh, yeah. the numbers that you're trying to match are, have like little sleeping faces. And, but then when you match them, they open their eyes and mouths and go Boom. <laughs> That's my favorite version of Don't Wake Daddy is when you wake him up and he goes, (laughs) yeah, it's basically a roguelike as well, where as you continue to match numbers, uh, you're filling up like an experience bar. And when you fill that up, you get like a perk uh, that'll be like, okay, so sometimes pits will arrive uh, on on the grid. So you have to like try and slide the enemies into the pit so they fall down. But you can also get a perk that's like you don't fall into pits or the numbers that you're trying to match don't fall into pits. It is like the more I play of it, I played like a couple rounds right when it came out and I was like, "Eh, I'm not sure if I'm into this. And I went back to it recently and it like the more I play, the more I understand how incredibly deep the game design is and how like brilliantly uh, structured 
it is in terms of its difficulty scale because the further like every once in a while i'll just like get a ridiculous high score and a new kind of enemy will show up like an enemy that will like phase through walls or something or like won't fall into pits or i'll find like a new kind of tile that'll like teleport you to a random different tile on the map and you just have to like deal with that it's great because when you're playing the tutorial it kind of tells you how to slide yourself around it tells you that there are enemies and then at a certain point there's a, a page that shows up on the tile and it says i could probably tutorialize more things but i don't really feel like it so good luck and then that's the end of the (laughs) tutorial and i think although that's like cheeky and kind of goofy it also really does create that kind of discovery and and emotional catharsis that you get when when you learn something new in a game like spelunky or any other roguelike that you love yeah absolutely we we, you know it's interesting because i feel like on this on this show we haven't really as much as we talk about games exclusively we haven't delved too much into game design really yeah and that's probably partially because like we don't really have a forte in that i mean yeah yeah (laughs) like you know we don't as much as i probably also don't know what else goes into the process like we don't design games so like but i think just by playing the number of games we have and by talking about them together i have kind of learned more about that side of things Mm -hmm. and i also think it's akin to uh again i I keep saying this but like good direction and good like i think a really well-designed game you can almost kind of predict what's going to happen yeah but not like necessarily we're like okay i feel like this is gonna happen and then like oh shit okay now i know how to deal with that yeah and and making it's a it's a balance of like always kind of keeping the player on their toes but also like not making them feel like they're blindsided yeah that's what I think Celeste does really well. Like as soon as you think you can make a jump, you're like, of course they put a thorn right there. Like that's the spot I was most likely to land. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, Towerfall does that a lot as well, which is the same developer. Um, mm-hmm. Super fun game. If you haven't played that. Towerfall is also on Switch right now, by the way. Yeah. And you can play as exclusive to the Switch version. You can play as Madeline and her. Uh, they're referred to as the tenacious traveler and the relentless reflection. Mm-hmm. Which in my head is what I call us. Yeah. Um, but, uh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Flip and scratch down to their basic elements. <laughs> that sounds really cool, though. And I think that um, I, if I've if I've gathered anything from this episode and this break in particular, I will definitely be more into the mobile scene. And thank you for that. Yeah. I if you want, I can give you a heads up whenever I, I hear about like an interesting mobile game that that scene is kind of talking about that'd be great i also think i should eventually for my next phone get an iphone just because like the android is the sega dreamcast of like mobile <laughs> it games. unfortunately is can i tell you something for real like yeah i enjoy not not to turn this into a tech podcast or anything but like i i enjoy android a lot like i would be using a google pixel if i could but i am so entrenched in the ios app store because so many interesting games are coming out for it constantly that right. that is why i'm using ios over anything else is like when a weird game like um i won't get into it but there's a game uh, by this guy named uh, michael brow i think b-r-o-u-g-h uh that came out i think earlier this year or maybe late last year it was called syncopouse and it's kind of a similar game in terms uh, along the lines of twinfold it's a roguelike um with like extremely strange game mechanics and the entire game is in portuguese and you cannot translate it and that was on purpose specifically Mm. so you have to learn just by doing there's no tutorial or anything um and and because all the text is in a different language like you just have to like deal with it um, I like that. that kind of stuff I don't ever see happening on Android for some reason. Right. I don't know why iOS became the platform of choice for that kind of experimentation, but like it is. And that's why I'm on iOS at the moment. Yeah. 
Maybe maybe iOS is the second Dreamcast because that was like the the system of experimentation. <laughs> there we go. That's I it. have I have like the 3DO of of a uh, game console. Yeah, you know that the Gex games were on. Mm-hmm. Did you know that All Towerfall right, uh, was a, uh was an exclusive for the Ouya? Was it? Mm-hmm. Well, what's the Ouya? I'm not familiar. The Ouya was a was a Kickstarter funded Android game system. Um, oh wow! That crashed Bring and burned circle. about as hard <laughs> as you could possibly crash and burn as a console. Yeah, I don't see a new console coming up. Unfortunately, I feel like there's a pretty firm monopoly on like the consoles. Um, that's not to say that there's not a lot of great games coming out independently, but like I don't see. And hey, maybe I can eat my words. I just I don't see a new like a new Sega or a new. Uh, you know, can I can I give you my my hot take? Yes, please. I think the next company to make a game console is going to be Apple. And I think it's going to be them converting the Apple TV into an actual game console because they are that like starting that line every time they release a new Apple TV. And but they haven't fully committed yet. Um, it's either going to be them or Amazon because Amazon has their own game studio. There is an Amazon yeah. game studio and they're making things for the Fire TV. But people don't think of that as a game console yet. Right. I'm waiting for one of those two to ship with a game controller. Um, yeah. and for them to be like that I mean, is same what this with, thing is also Sony at first I feel like the PlayStation was a pretty big PlayStation 1 was like a pretty big gamble at that time yeah because at that time too like games weren't making nearly I mean they probably were making a lot of money which is why they made it but like not to the degree of like now where games are making more money than like TV and film combined yep. and people watching games is making more money than games yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's that's a world I know nothing about uh, no no shame if you're into it but like I don't really yeah. follow Twitch at all um, I know an extreme amount about it <laughs> get me into mobile get me into Twitch <laughs> Cool. Want to get back into the show? Talk about God of War. Yeah, let's get back into the show let's and out of whatever this was. Get me out. Get me out. Speaking of beautiful watercolors, God of War. We're back. God of War. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like a very intense church song. <laughs> like it's scary. Like <laughs> you are my soldier. I am a peasant. I don't know. Uh, I uh, I didn't grow up in a in a militaristic church don't worry anyway god of war god of uh, ps4 war. came out what march of this year pretty early yeah, yeah early in the year um i've never really been a huge fan of this franchise i played the first one back on ps2 at like mm-hmm. a friend's house and credit where credit's due the first god of war i would say alongside like devil devil may cry was like the revolutionary hack and slash action rpg game yeah I don't think they've aged well, both content wise and the first God of War is like 75% Kratos on a tightrope. Like play it again and you'll know what I mean. Yeah, (laughs) I don't think it's aged well mechanically. I don't think it's aged well in terms of uh, any any theme that it tries to cover. Anything. Yeah, anything. It's it. So like if it really wasn't and I didn't really care for the sequels. I remember I saw someone playing God of War 3 and like I actually didn't get a PS3 because like up until that console's end, there wasn't really a lot to get for it, honestly. Yeah. Like I think that generation was all about 360 and the Wii. Yeah. The Wii had a great start. 360 was pretty consistent throughout and PS3 had a great end. Yeah. Agreed. But PS4 has obviously stepped it up quite a bit. And by extension of that. A God of War. So you know this. You were telling me this uh, earlier, but God of War Four, I guess if you want to call it, but just call it God of War, was developed by the same creator as the original one that we just dunked on pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, David Jaffe, who 
is no longer, I think, making games. I'm not really sure where he's at, but him and another guy named Corey Barlog. And Corey Barlog is the one who has come back for this non-numbered God of War uh, and, and was the <laughs> uh, lead developer for this. Yeah, so, and that's really interesting because I think we'll, we'll get into why that's interesting. But um, I have, I, I, uh, there's a really good chance that you've already played this game if you listen to this podcast like months and months and months ago and you're like, cool, hot, hot take, Steven. Um, I just picked it up. Uh, I am like a few hours in. Brendan is uh, doing a new game plus of it. So we thought we'd talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I, I've been waiting with bated breath for you to start playing this so I could start my new game plus because I have been thinking about replaying that game since the moment it ended. And then I heard whispers that there might be a new game plus. So I was waiting for that. And now that's there. There's also, again, I always have to mention, there's also a photo mode. <laughs> <laughs> it is so good. And that's all I'll say about it. It's just extremely good. That's amazing. But yeah, so notably different from the get-go this game begins with kratos hugging a tree and crying which Mm -hmm. i was immediately into the first shot of the game is kratos hugging this tree that's been marked by a glowing hand and then like reverting back to to pseudo macho kratos hacks it to death with a hatchet yep and carries this big tree back with his son Mm -hmm. i loved that first scene so much because it sets the tone for the whole game it Um, really does and and I think Kratos is a character that I think previously could not embody tax, toxic masculinity more if he tried. Like that's like yeah. the you know the idea of that being like macho. He was this. He was written to be a tragic antihero, but like I never liked him. He was always a bigger dick than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Like at least in the games I played, like yeah. yeah, Ares was bad, but like you know it was very hard to root for Kratos ever for me. Yeah. And while the games are fun, like I, I think that's what really held me back. Like I never, I never was invested in Kratos literally killing everyone. Yeah. Um, I this, when I played the first two games, that was not a thing that I even thought about. That was like I was so detached from thinking about games in that way that I had no idea what was happening. And it was only until probably God of like this game came out that I thought back on the original or like when I first heard that they're making a new God of War and it was going to be like a pseudo reboot. I was like. Oh yeah, those first games. Wow, they were really problematic, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, so, I have no where... interest in playing this new one. And then, of course, it came out. Everybody said it was incredible. I picked it up kind of, you know, on a whim. Played it. So, it. and that's why it's interesting that the creator is back because it feels like both Kratos looking back on his life and and what remains. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the creator also doing that. And this is not to shame the guy for making a series because like they were a product of the time, right? Like yeah. that's like, you know, like they haven't aged well, but like that's it worked at the time. Like that's, you know, whatever. Uh that that's that's another conversation. But I I, I drew parallels to in comics where like we have a lot of these old, you know, ancient uh not ancient, but like, you know, superheroes written in the fifties that were written to be pretty cut and dry, right? Like Superman, how he was written in the fifties is very different to how he's written by somebody now. And like, I think a lot of superhero stories have become, what is your interpretation of this character? Mm -hmm. You know, like, do you want to write a story about Wolverine, like being old and kind of like a no country for old men style Western, you know? Yeah. Um, Do you want to write about the Hulk uh, being sent to Mars or, you know, like whatever. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And this feels like a very kind of uh, almost like uh, 
auteur take on Kratos. Kratos yeah. is this guy who knows how to do one thing. He knows how to beat up big monsters. That's it. Yep. And it's shown in the beginning. He can't even show emotion to a tree without having to resort to hacking it with an X. Mm-hmm. So the game largely it almost has a last of us vibe, which I'm kind of into like, yeah. it's very different, but like the idea of this like begrudging father figure with a younger person on this kind of desolate adventure. Yeah. And we've talked about this uh, previously, but like that feels like, talk about it like an auteur style like that is weirdly the auteur style of the ps4 exclusives as a whole like every single one of those like big budget ps4 exclusives is like an over-the-shoulder third-person narrative game yeah Um, i think resident evil 4 should get a royalty every time that happens by the way (laughs) just putting that out there I think Resident Capcom. Evil 4 should be remade for every console until the end of time, but we could talk about that yeah, another time. Yeah, we could talk about that another time. Leon for Smash. Anyway, just Ooh. actually, just Leon's jacket for my Mii Fighter. That uh, doesn't that seem out of the question now that you say that. That is, like, <laughs> extremely possible. I would, I mean, I would love Leon and Jill. That'd be sick. Oh, my God. Okay, wait. God of War. <laughs> Nemesis for Smash. Um, okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Nemesis me suit for Smash. <laughs> link from Soul Calibur for Smash. <laughs> we need another link. <laughs> link from the from the CDI animated games for Smash. <laughs> well, excuse me, princess. Um, okay, God of War. So the scene that really stuck out to me is so the beginning. It's you and your son uh, Atreus, who is great, and he's a really good counter to Kratos. Kratos is like a one word, one syllable, sad dad grunting constantly. And his son is a normal kid. His son is just like, oh, Kratos is my dad. This sucks. Um, But uh, (laughs) Kratos is my dad. This sucks. I love when he like comments when you're fighting and your son's like, oh, man, you're scary sometimes, dad. (laughs) You know, because you're like tearing apart dryads and stuff Um, or Draugr, I should say, not dryads. Norse mythology this time around, as many of you know, uh, which is a really nice. Uh, uh, I mean, I love Greek mythology too, but it's cool to see a different mythology for the game because he's also moved to a different world, basically. Um, yeah. So, and then what remains of Greek mythology for Kratos to tackle at this point, mm-hmm. which the game kind of addresses. But a, a standout moment to me, um, gameplay is obviously great. I love your uh, your axe that kind of akin to Thor. You can recall back. Yeah, um, and you use that to solve puzzles and to fight enemies. Talk uh, about really, really incredible good. game design. The yeah, I, it's almost akin to Smash Ultimate in terms of the hit stun at like the final yeah. Smash moments. Like there is there is like a split second hit stun that happens when your axe recalls to your hand um, mm-hmm. that makes it feel so weighty and so yeah. lovely every single time you do it. Yeah, I actually got a bit of a Terrence Malick vibe at one point too, because. Uh, you're you're cremating the remains of of Kratos's wife and, and Atreus's mother, mm-hmm. um, who at this point I don't know what her name is. Um, I don't know if she's been named yet. Um, I don't think you've gotten to where they name her, but they okay, will soon gotcha. for you. Cool. I just want to make sure I wasn't forgetting. But uh, Atreus is saying like, "Hello, mother. Hello, father. I feel you both wrestling." Which is like the yeah. beginning of Tree of Life. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah. Um, which is uh, it felt. Um, I'm I'm not a huge Terrence Malick fan, honestly. I just keep referencing him. I'm also not. I mean, he has such a strong vibe, though, that like, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, and I, yeah, Yeah. exactly. So he's uh, like part of pop culture. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so 
standout moment to me was after the, you kind of learned the basic mechanics of like jumping and fighting and all that. Um, you're mm-hmm. teaching your son how to hunt. Um, yes. And your son, Atreus, hits a beautiful deer with like blue antlers. Yeah, with glowing bow blue. And arrow. Yeah. He hits it with a bow and arrow and you go over and it's still alive. And, and Atreus is hesitating to kill it. And Kratos is like giving the knife that belonged to his, his mother being like, finish what you started. Mm-hmm. Um, and the boy is hesitant. And then Kratos like with his hand over his, which is visually, we have never seen Kratos embrace. We only see Kratos embrace his son in moments of violence. Yeah. So what should have been a tender moment of like, I have your back kills an innocent. Yeah. It's, it's um, like shoving it, a knife into it, the it kills neck of a deer. deer. Yeah. The, the kid starts crying and Kratos is like about to pat him on the back, but doesn't know how to cue mm-hmm. a giant troll enters <laughs> mm-hmm. and Kratos immediately knows what to do. Cause that's all he fucking knows how to do is fight giant monsters. Yep. Uh, and then he, he kills it after a really, really fun boss fight that I was totally immersed in. Yeah. And the son runs over with a knife and he's like, you think I'm afraid of you? And he's like, you know, cutting it with a useless knife and Kratos is like, stop, you know, don't let your anger do whatever. But like, the lines of dialogue the son was saying to the troll were like clearly directed at Kratos, you yeah. know, like, and, and that again, that direction and that, that, you know, cause I don't, I'm not a guy who gravitates towards over the top violent games, but like the violence here has a very clear purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and the game is like almost, it's like we talked about with red dead Two, commentating on the rockstar formula. This yeah. game narratively is Kratos reflecting on like, what a shitty dude he's become yeah. and like now he has and I, I really liked there's a moment after the first big boss fight where he's kind of talking to his wife even though she's not there he's like our son's not ready to yeah. bring your ashes to the mountain and I'm not ready either mm-hmm. you know I, that was the one moment I kind of empathized with Kratos I'm like thank you like you recognize that you're actually for once not capable yeah um, and of course the first boss fight is like this other god who mm-hmm. is more powerful than you who's like i love it. he's like, just so you know this whole fight i can't feel anything yeah uh and it's which it's if you know great. norse mythology you will know who that is immediately but but he is introduced as the stranger right and what a what a wonderful what a wonderful fight that is um because the yeah. first moment it's like okay this random scraggly dude covered in tattoos and like like a hipster like shaved head top bun is like coming and knocking on your door on kratos's door uh yeah this this guy's gonna get destroyed (laughs) like immediately so i briefly one summer worked for like an environmental awareness group and we like canvassed to get people to like sign stuff um (laughs) is this what you felt like just the anxiety of going to a door and having kratos answer like hi kratos (laughs) um, (laughs) you do not want this fight yeah. I just want to raise awareness about how a lot of hypodermic needles are dumped in the Jersey Shore. Leave. <laughs> and then and then you punch him in the face as one does. I did, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, in this case I was like, okay, this guy is going to get just rocked by Kratos. Um, yeah. but then he hits you one time and, and you, you go, go flying, flying over that your was... own house and land in your backyard. So many great scenes. I mean, I'm I'm only like I'm only shortly after that at this point. Yeah. Um I'm loving it. I, I, I think it's, it's a brilliant, brilliant reboot. Um, and it feels like it has a place. Cause again, I'm, I'm tired of the, like, let's bring this back. But God of war for, for better, or for worse has been a flagship 
PlayStation game. Yeah. Um, and what better way to bring it into like our current timeline than than this way? Yeah, um, I, I think like. I think this reboot takes the for better or for worse about God of War being around for so long and says it was actually for worse, probably. But let's yeah. like interrogate let's that it. and yeah. yeah, let's address it and like let's have that be the the thematic arc of it. Also, for a game that like next to Mortal Kombat has kind of fetishized violence, mm-hmm. um, this game is interesting because the over the top like kill moves are largely for creatures that are made of like ice or or tree parts as far as i can tell yeah now um but then when you f- when you kill a, a human oh it's a god but it's a human the it's very slow very brutal very unceremonious you don't yeah. feel good after you do it no. whereas like in god of war 3 i just remember watching a friend playing it and laughing out of like embarrassment because there's like you keep punching zeus in the face and the screen is just like covered in blood and it's mm-hmm. like this is I know this whole game's vibe is this is too much, but like, am I supposed to think like cool, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, whereas like when you kill someone as Kratos, you are tired, embarrassed, mm-hmm. your stuff is ripped. You're out of breath. You're, you're not equipped for this anymore. And yeah. I love that. I really like that take on it. Yeah. I, I think, um, I, I'm trying to not say anything, uh, but I, you are very much in the early stages still sure um there's a lot of that game left for you and it really only gets better um the only thing that i'll say about it that i think is like fascinating and 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 wonderful and surprising is that it continues to get bigger too and i won't say how but it continues to become a bigger and bigger game like multiple times you will think that you know what the scope of that game is and then it will just unveil an entire other side of what that game can be and then you are just kind of immersed in it for a while until it does the same thing again. Um, and every time that happens, I my jaw just drops. It's like, how the fuck did they make this? <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a great it's a great like accomplishment. Um, yeah. Even a few hours in, I I'm very happy you urged me to play because again, it, it, like I was I had heard great things, so I was definitely like, oh okay, maybe I'll pick it up. But mm-hmm. um. And I did get it as a gift, so it has like extra weight there. There you go. Yeah. Um, but uh, I also yeah, like purchased I, it kind of begrudgingly. It was like, okay, everybody says this new God of War is good. I guess I'll check it out. And then by the time I, yeah. by the time I had started playing it and got a little bit further than where you, when you are now in my first sitting, I was like, I, I, all my plans are canceled. Like all I'm doing <laughs> until this is over is playing God of War. Yeah, and that's how I feel surprising. again. Like I just went to go check it out again to like so we could talk about it for this episode. I went and started a new game plus, and I texted you like maybe an hour in. I was like, "Whoops, I'm going to play this whole fucking game again," and I am. I am going to play the whole game again before we talk again next week, um, because it it is just that good and continues to hold up. Um, also, there's some wonderful stuff that they've added to New Game Plus, but we can get into that at some other point. like photo mode, like photo mode. Well, photo mode, I think <laughs> you have also. Um, that's just like a thing that's in there, but. Um, I, without saying too much, so New Game Plus, you start with all of the gear and, and abilities and equipment and stuff that you ended the game with, um, but they also added some new gear that you can unlock that is like basically mixing and matching powers from the most powerful sets of armor um, in, into new sets of armor, which is cool. But they also did another thing where they have streamlined all of the chests that you find throughout the game to only have one resource available in them. And that is the resource that you use to purchase this like new game plus and game stuff um which is oh, great okay it's very cool that's awesome yeah, yeah i'm very excited to get more into it and we keep saying next week but next week is going to be our big game of the year episode it's our last episode of the year yeah 
So truly, I'm glad we waited too because you know there there <laughs> a few of these games we played that talked about on this episode will will probably be in the realm of uh of of our game of the year. So yeah. Um, and again, as a reminder, what we're gonna do is Brendan and I. I, I just said your name, Brennan. Sorry about that. It's Brennan. okay. Brendan and I are each gonna make a top ten list, and then we are going to make a collective top five list, which we will have to uh fight, duke it out, mm-hmm. tears shed, hearts broken. Mm-hmm. Was it worth it? Carrying a tree with our son to the river, and then um, cancel the podcast, and then cancel the podcast. <laughs> no, because we've uh, irreparably destroyed our friendship. Uh, I think it honestly will probably. I don't see uh, like real talk. I don't see us getting angry at all. It'll be fun. It'll be, <laughs> no, it'll no, be no. Fun. I, um, um, yeah, it's not gonna be like, I don't know if you've ever listened to like the giant bomb end of the year things, but those are like four hour, four to five hour marathons where it literally is all the editors of giant bomb, like yelling at each other, which is <laughs> incredibly entertaining. Don't get me wrong. I, that's my, sure. I look forward to that every single year. Um, but it is hardcore sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have yeah. not written my list yet. I have written down the list of games that I would like to order into a top 10, but I have not put them in order yet because I'm revisiting everything at the moment. Yeah, that's a good idea. I, I also I have one, but I'll probably um, change it up a bit. Yeah, uh, I, I do have one. I, I feel like here's my prediction mm-hmm. uh, to add to this mess. OK, I feel like we will probably be on the same page except for number one i I feel like that's gonna happen i think we're gonna be like okay like because you know i don't see either of us getting like this has to be fifth like i think that's gonna be like whoever wants it gets Uh fifth but i think i think one or maybe like uh yeah i think number one's gonna be divisive that's interesting i thought that we were gonna be on the same page with one and the rest of the list was gonna be hard so i can't wait to fight you next week oh man now i'm gearing up now i'm like now i'm excited actually not that i wasn't but now i'm like i'm in it yeah i'm in it too man interesting um, interesting i feel like this is our like wwe like hype up like yeah <laughs> hey freak show <laughs> you're going nowhere i got the top five games of the year i think that's why i love incineroar because he's just macho man like i would love if he mm-hmm. had a macho man costume and came in to pomp and circumstance yeah um, oh man but uh there's <laughs> yeah why is his entrance not him going like yeah yeah <laughs> hey crumb yeah. i hope you're ready to get i don't know whatever everybody uh, has but, like the has like the quick entrance like captain falcon like jumps out of his fucking car and like the pokeball yeah. like lands on the thing i would love if the incineroar one was like he just like comes out with his arms up in the air like solaire and it takes like a whole minute he makes you wait for it yeah exactly i like so i've i have a couple friends who are very into wrestling and i love i love watching it with them i don't really follow it myself yeah for no reason other than like i don't really have a way to watch it but right um i can't like once the match starts like it's sort of hit or miss for me but like the intros i can't get enough of like i love that that element of pageantry and ceremony and like Mm -hmm. yeah bring that to smash especially in the wrestling arena like come on yeah please that's one of the best things about all the rest like the wrestling games are are pretty much awful consistently (laughs) but uh the character creator is amazing and like making your intro is is so good yeah totally Um, but yeah Man, we got from Florence to wrestling, didn't we? Uh, <laughs> the classic arc. The classic arc. 
You can't talk about Florence without talking about WWE entrances. <laughs> Everybody knows that. My game of the yeah. year is the WWE. So yes, yeah, so that's going to be next week. We're also going to be in person, which like matters more to us than I think anyone else. But um, but I'm just excited. It's it's crazy. This this I texted you about this, but this show has been going on for six months now. Yeah. Uh, so in the grand scheme of things, very new, but that has flown by. Um, and that's a testament to how much more than any game this year brendan i've relished my time with you and, uh, and our dear listeners I yes mean that. same my game of the year is making this podcast with you <gasps> i literally that was real i almost just fainted um <laughs> cool well that's that's probably gonna wrap up let's hit any other fresh hot god of war takes in december of 2018 mm, nope um what's on the horizon other than our game of the year stuff are there any games that um oh this might be fun we could probably get more into this next week but um are there any are there any games that you're playing now that you will probably want to talk about eventually or are there any games coming out next year that you're like especially excited for now that we're kind of winding down literally the only thing i care about in my entire life is animal crossing (laughs) do we have a release date for that yet or do we just know like 2019 2019 i i'm gonna i could call my shot early and say that it's gonna be march that makes sense because the only other big nintendo game i know coming out in march is fire emblem Mm -hmm. which i'm really excited for oh is it Um, okay i'm gonna say i I believe i believe so and i know that kingdom hearts obviously not nintendo but that's coming out in january oh my god again i i have basically like built a walled garden in my heart for that game where it's like i'm i'm not going to allow myself to feel a single thing about it until i have it in my playstation 4 (laughs) i i've been burned so many times over the years i bought a ps3 to play that game is is where i was at yeah i i think i've said this to you and i might have said this on the podcast but like i'm not going to believe that that game is out until the end credits are rolling i i have a lot of friends who are it's it's kind of interesting that you are the bigger kingdom hearts fan in this podcast based on like what we <laughs> often like yeah. I, I like kingdom hearts but i think you you seem to like really love it yeah um, I, I very uh, much do i have a lot of friends who are on the same wavelength i have a lot of friends who have like patches and or tattoos kingdom hearts related stuff mm-hmm. they are also in the similar camp where they're like when i have it i'll have it like i i it's almost like the the final game of thrones book at this point where it's <laughs> yeah. like you know like i'll believe it when i'm literally holding it right and it's not just or the like, final fantasy 7 remake like yeah that's 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 where i'm at with that because I don't even know at this point what it would even like what form it would take. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel about Kingdom um, Hearts. It's been so long at this point. It's like I I whatever it is when it arrives, I'm sure it'll be like at least fine. And that's and oddly I, enough, at, at the time they came out, I would say that that Kingdom Hearts and the first God of War were the best examples of real time combat with RPG mechanics when they came out. Yeah. Um yeah, probably. So we'll see what Kingdom Hearts three brings to the table in terms of that. That's what my main worry is with kingdom hearts 3 not to not to throw any negativity in the air but i'm worried that it's been so long that the game if it stays too close to its original formula won't really feel as fresh as it did yeah 12 years ago <laughs> i will say okay i i got the um the kingdom hearts collection for ps4 which has oh, cool. one two birth by sleep um there's more in there i there's so many fucking games 1.8 <laughs> 
yeah. skies skies a dime's a dozen 1.2 i Goofy's think it's literally called tears. kingdom hearts 1.5 plus 2.8 remix or like final whatever i don't know it's you know kingdom hearts sounds like bastion became a dj <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway i, I replayed kingdom hearts 2 recently yeah that's uh, a great the, one the final mix on on that uh, on ps4 and that game super holds up uh so if kingdom hearts 3 is literally just more of that in the unreal engine with like toy story levels that look exactly like the original toy story movie because that's just where technology has has gotten to us uh has gotten us to at this point like that's fine yeah I also that, think that's base, like, that's baseline me enjoying kingdom hearts 3 if it's anything beyond that i'm set having only played one of these games i feel like near automata and ff15 also kind of follow in that real-time rpg totally combat so again, if it's anything like that, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Like I really like the Tangled World. Yeah, hoping hoping for Moana because Moana is my favorite of the recent mm-hmm. Disney canon. I um, if I could fight Jermaine Clement not there, but yeah, if I could fight Jermaine Clement as a giant crab, I'd be very happy. Oh my um, god, what a yeah. We don't have to that was in Moana, my what my top scene. songs of 2018 was Shiny. Was yeah, one of them. that that was amazing. Um, shit, what was I going to say? Oh, unrelated. Um, but I was just thinking about near on switch again. I saw a rumor online and like <gasps> take this with like the most grain of salt possible. But, um, uh, there is a rumor that there is a thing called P five R that's in development for switch, which people think is persona five. And then the R is like P four golden. Um, but nobody knows what the R is. Oh man. That's very exciting. Yes. I love how the persona series uses acronyms to just like destroy everyone's mm-hmm. like feeling. It's just like, yeah. you know, like they just add like one thing. And you're like, I can't wait. I'll buy this. Like yeah. P five Z. It's like, I bought it already. I pre-ordered it. Um, <laughs> I went, to, I went to GameStop and just slipped an envelope with $60 under the door. They're closed today. <laughs> <laughs> Give me P five two. <laughs> yeah. You still have to beat all of persona five. Don't you? I do. I uh, talking about what's on the horizon. Um, I'm waiting for the first snow day, like the first like yeah, real snow day. That's a great. That's a great game to play during the winter. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great, man. I I think I think that you did the right thing. Where like the litmus test if you're going to enjoy that game or not is the first palace. If you can beat the first palace mm-hmm. and you want to play more, go for it. Yeah. Um, there is roughly eight hours of Ryuji asking questions before that. So, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as I've said, I love Ryuji, but like, I remember I was watching. So my friend who gave me Eric, if you're listening, hello again. Uh, I got him persona five for his birthday and he gave me his copy of God of war. It's like a, uh, a counter gift. Nice. Um, I was watching him play through the, uh, um, the intro and everything. And it was the scene where, you first go to the palace with Ryuji and, and the main character Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you come back and Ryuji's like, wait, let's go back and see if it's a palace. And Eric was like, that can't, that can't be your plan. You just think you're gonna, like, <laughs> he was like, he was like, like yelling at the TV, like that can't possibly be your plan. Ryuji. <laughs> but he's, he's, he's the best of the worst. Yes. Um, we're also supposed to get Metroid next year, which is interesting. Yeah, I'm into that. I, I've, I've never fallen that hard into the metroid series but i've always wanted to it's interesting um, i played uh zero mission on game boy advance and love that one um and i played metroid prime 3 for the wii and loved that one and then that was also, a good game, yeah. i also got one and two remade for the wii and did not enjoy them really that much after playing three because three just had so many quality of life improvements sure um, and that was also other- one of the 
Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, every other Metroid game I played, I haven't really super gotten into. Super Metroid was like the closest to like feeling it again, <laughs> to right. feeling something for once in my life. Um, but yeah, it's really all about three. So I'm, I'm excited about four. Just like, hey, yeah, take this franchise, learn from what everybody else has done in, in the like Metroidvania space and in the first person shooter on the Switch space. Which yeah, because I feel like yeah. Hollow Knight, again, by Hollow Knight TM, uh, mm-hmm definitely has taken the metroidvania formula probably to its best level yeah so it'd be cool to see either castlevania although castlevania has been releasing some pretty cool stuff too uh, not super recently but i really loved the um this is not recently at all the game boy advance <laughs> <laughs> wow i'm really showing my like memory and age yeah they're really killing it recently you know in 2003 yeah uh, i love mario kart advanced grand prix <laughs> I love Konami Crazy Racers. Um, <laughs> underrated, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, it was like a it was like a Mario Kart clone with just Konami characters. So like mm. it was Goma- Gomon was like the Mario, and then there was Dracula wow. from Castlevania, of course. Um, there was uh, Ninja or is it Ninja or Cyborg from Metal Gear Solid? What a question is that? Because they're both true. <laughs> But one of the one of the, like the recurring antagonists of Metal Gear was in it. It was fun. It was literally Mario Kart, but just with Konami characters. Yeah. If you have an SP line around and you want a good racing experience with a link cable, uh-huh. pick it up. Okay, that sounds good. Let's do it. Yeah, I used to have a four-way link cable. Yeah, uh, it was pretty intense. I don't think I ever had that many friends at that time in my life to like four-way trade a geo dude you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um but I, I also had the like the headgear for your game boy that was like the magnifying glass yeah that went over this before they had a backlight they had like weird third party like steampunk devices to like light up your screen for yeah. human eyes i had i had the worm light that's why i have a, a game boy advance sp that i got from the retro store because like okay i want i want the ability to play that older generation if i want to yeah but there's no way in hell i'm gonna do it on an actual game boy mm. like with no backlight with double a batteries that i get from right aid no thank you <laughs> can i tell you my dream my dream console what i what i yeah. really want i've always wanted a game boy advance micro since like <gasps> since they came out i've always wanted one and i just never purchased one and i feel like one of these days i'll just like hop on ebay and i'll find one and i'll buy it for myself and like replay Here's pokemon a- on there Here's a final question for you, because you've gone on record saying that the PlayStation Vita was your favorite console. Mm-hmm. Do you think Sony will ever do handhelds in the U.S.? Because I think, I think the Vita had a better reception in Japan, if memory serves. I believe so. And the PSP uh, as well. But do you think Sony will ever have a breakout handheld system in the U.S.? Breakout? No. Will they try it again? I do. I think they will. That'd be cool. I would like to see them try. Cause like, I mean, I love the switch. I'd like to see you try Sony. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder too, if like, they're just probably not going to make another game boy for a while. Cause the switch is kind of that, you know? Oh yeah. The switch is definitely the future for Nintendo, at least for a while. At least. Yeah. I can't see the switch going anywhere for the next like six years, honestly. Yeah. The only game boy that I could see happening is a game boy classic, like the N64 classic and things like that. Oh yeah. That'd be cool. All right. Well, that's all all I got. Uh, let's wrap up. Let's see. Uh, so we already did on the horizon, which is my, in my head, what I call that whole segment. Although uh-huh. that, that devolves pretty quickly into chaos. Yeah. Um, next week, game of the year stuff. We're very excited. Um, I also want to, th- now that we've been doing this for long enough that it feels more real to me, 
um thank you to everyone who's been listening from the start like yeah the 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 support we got for this show like a few episodes in was unreal i know we thank you every week but i just want to especially you know give a shout out to the people that like three episodes in me not having a mic we're like we like this and want to like actively support it yeah Um, absolutely that's really cool and it it really did keep us going because like as much as i was excited to work with brendan again like we didn't really have a clear idea of what this would be and i think that support has almost helped it take a shape of its own in a weird way yeah definitely there there was a lot of like behind the scenes like steven and i planning out what this was going to be and like you can even hear it in the first couple episodes like when we came out of the gate i mean we came out of the gate with the e3 spectacular which is like maybe <laughs> the least like anything we've ever done actually that'll probably be not too dissimilar from what game of the year is going to turn into but like yeah I our first so. real episode after that you know did not have this format or anything um but right thanks to everybody who listened to those and allowed us to continue experimenting until we have landed where we are now exactly and yeah and and if you're new to the show thanks for uh picking it up we this is probably a good is there if for anyone new do you think there's like any good starting point i think it's honestly whenever you want like i can't imagine anything like a, a go-to place i have a strange dream with this podcast where every single episode is relevant at all times like it is completely evergreen constantly and even though we are talking about games as they come out frequently we're just as frequently talking about games that are not recent um like yeah, in this like, case God uh, of War. crazy racers or crazy racers <laughs> or mario kart grand prix for the for the game boy advance yeah i i i think that like the way we have built this structure it allows us to constantly be referencing things that happened in past episodes um so i think the best starting point is maybe the beginning and just go from there and you can follow along our very strange yeah the first episode yeah. that i think I got my mic was the Octopath Traveler one. And yeah, that was that's the, probably that was the, the best starting the launch point. episode. Yeah. Um, and then if you really like that, you can go back and listen to the test ones. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks again. If you want to continue to support the show, sharing it's cool. Um, writing a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts is great. Mm-hmm. Um, we Everyone says that. It's the tried and true formula. Yes. And again, as I just said before, but thank you for listening. Um, I am truly thankful for this show. This was definitely a highlight of my year. Same. And I really am happy that it's going to keep going and that we seem to have more and more people enjoying it as well. Yeah. And yeah, we'll, we'll see what form it continues to take. I, I'm definitely open to further experimentation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll keep track on that. Um, and yeah, uh, unless you have anything to add, we can sign off here. So I feel pretty good about that. Um, yeah, I'll just say if you if you do have any feedback about, about the show or anything you want us to talk about or any feelings you have regarding the show, we have a Twitter account. It's at Into the Cast, uh, and you can tweet at us there. It's probably the best way to get in touch with us because we don't have like an email address or anything yet. One um, feedback I got pretty consistently from a group of people is that they would like the games discussed in the show notes mm-hmm. right now we have kind of avant-garde short stories in all the show notes yeah no, i added uh, all the games we... discussed that's in there oh you did okay yeah cool. i did that well forever ago new feature woohoo yeah uh, although last week ever... I, I did say um the only thing in the description for the super smash Bros. episode was games discussed blinks the time sweeper <laughs> yeah exactly but um but yeah any feedback tweeted us or or message us um and with that, uh, my name is Stephen Hilger. You can find me at Stephen Hilger. And I'm Brendan Bigley. You can find me on the internet at Brendan Bigley. 
that was the first time that we confidently signed off and the first time i said my name first i think that's what threw you off a little bit yeah i had the long pause uh if you're listening in a podcast app that removes long pauses i want it to be known there was a long pause there's a long pause or if you edit it out yeah that's it uh have a wonderful conclusion to your year happy holidays um of for all holidays and yeah see ya happy president's day see you later <laughs> Ugh. Uh, <laughs> oh wait yeah actually i wish i picked any ho- why president's day I happy wish- grover cleveland day <laughs> we'll just keep it to him all right bye bye